0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: so welcome back to the rick shields podcast everybody i'm your host rick shields i'm here with producer guy um exciting episode coming your way again
2: We've got good news and we've got bad news. What's the good news? Well, can we do the bad news first? All right, what's the bad news? The bad news is that last podcast, we promised that this week's would be me and you doing our Walk 18 around the golf course with our clubs on our back, didn't we? We did. That's not happening. No, but the good news
1: is this week, for the first time ever, you are getting a double drop of the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. You're getting an exclusive, another episode later on in the week, because straight after this episode... We're heading out onto the golf course. It's about two degrees Celsius right now. Yes. And me and Guy are going to walk around the Marriott Worsley Park with our golf clubs on our back for Walk 18, day number eight. And we're also going to record it for a podcast coming out probably Thursday. I
2: think Thursday. My, my concern was it's going to be one for the kind of hardcore listener. Cause it's going to be us chatting rubbish for an hour. So I don't know what i to talk about yet. No. And also the audio, I'm worried might not be amazing, but it might be. It so might surprise ourselves. So I thought let's package it up as a nice little treat on Thursday. Um, This can be a standard 10 out of 10 podcast today. And the even better news, Rick, for for certainly for me, is today's podcast is sponsored...
1: Yes, so today's podcast is sponsored by Top Tracer.
2: Yes, and it is the Top Tracer 9 Shot Challenge, which is 9 golf shots at a Top Tracer driving range. There is currently over 350 Top Tracer ranges in 31 countries worldwide. And the Nine Shot Challenge is Nine Shots at Pebble Beach.
1: Yes, so you get the opportunity to try and compete against people from around the world. They're tipping this as being one of the biggest golf tournaments ever to be hosted because the amount of participants that get involved is unreal. So you can find out your nearest Top Tracer range by clicking the link down below and... Do not fear if you can't get to a top tracer well, that's range. that's
2: my issue, Rick, because I'm in the UK. I'm in England, as you know. Don't With no it. ranges open. How can I compete in the top tracer nine-shot challenge? Well, can I?
1: Well, this is where they've got you covered. Okay. Because they've also got the access to WGT, which is a mobile video game, and you can download it, sign in for free. Mm-hmm. By the way, all of this is free. And you can participate in the nine-shot challenge from the comfort of your living room chair while sipping a little bit of Monster, (laughs) while having one of those chocolate bars that we're not going to name anymore. But even if you are in the UK, you can participate. Even if you are a non-golfer, this is what I love about this as well. I mean, I might even get my wife to participate in this because she doesn't play golf. She doesn't particularly like golf. But she could be really good if it comes down onto the video game on WGT.
2: So I believe you have already done it on WGT. I have already done it. You've done the nine-shot challenge at Pebble Beach. What was your score?
1: So... How it works it out is how close you get to the hole. Okay. It then adds all those numbers up over the nine shots and it gives you a score.
2: So you want the lower the better?
1: Lower the better. And your score? I thought I'd done pretty well. (laughs) After nine shots, I thought, you know what? That's not a bad score. Some some holes are quite hard to get close to, certainly at Pebble Beach. My grand total score was 265.31. And
2: where does that put you in the world? 24,000th. (laughs) We didn't have the weird list then.
1: (laughs) Twenty-four thousandth in the world. But do not fear because you can have unlimited goes. So I'm gonna go and have another go. I'm probably gonna do it even daily. Okay. And I wanna see if you can also beat me.
2: Well I've uh, I believe when you first download the app which is earlier on, you have to play a couple of holes of like head to head with the people to try and learn the skills, etc. And then once you've done that you can enter the challenge. So I've not done it just yet. I'm gonna have a go tonight, right? I'm going to beat your score, destroy your score, embarrass you, embarrass the Shields family name, and then what I'm going to do is upload my score onto the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast Facebook page, and actively encourage everybody to put their score on. See if they can also beat you. Yeah, see if they can beat you and laugh at your pathetic score. How's that sound?
1: Well, we'll see what happens, eh?
2: The only thing that's annoyed me is I wish we could have done this on Real Top Tracer. I know. Because... I would actually beat you fair and square there.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a bold shout. It's not a longest drive, guys. <laughs> the good this news is, is this though... This is iron shots. Because the longest is around about 180 yards. Yeah. And the shortest is around about 99 yards.
2: So that's where I'd get, you know, finesse. The manipulation. You know I'm being manipulated with the golf ball. <laughs> I'm talking you three-quarter, six-iron back foot, face open, a little fade left to right, which you've not got in the locker. I know for a fact you've not got that in the locker.
1: I've also not got a shank in the locker. True. Which you have every now and again, so...
2: Yeah, but I'm that guy. I'm, I'm um. I'm a creator. I can. Yeah. I can. I'm like a, a quirky, like really cool, like um, artist. You'd see outside a French cafe. They're a, bit, they're a bit odd, they're a bit wayward. They create some real good art, but equally you could go missing for ages and no one know where they are. That's, like, my goal.
1: I must admit, you've started wearing dad caps a bit more now, so it's like that's the kind of style you're going for. They're very I like much it.
2: long hair coming at the back. Might start smoking, possibly, as well. I like yeah, it. might do. Why not? Rollies, obviously. Um, the good news is, though, with regards to the Top Tracer Nine Shot Challenge, is there's going to be a few this year, I believe. Yes. So when the Rangers do reopen, me, you, Trafford, I like loser it. buys the five guys. I like
1: this. Yeah so participate get involved i think it's a really good game to play like i say it's free to enter you can do as many times as you want if you can do it at a top tracer range then go for it but if not do not fear download wgt game again i'll put the links to the game down in the description below so you can download it and again that is free to do all of this is free and you don't go away empty-handed if you do well, because there are prizes available.
2: I think the prizes for the people at the real range is a Callaway golf clubs. Callaway have sponsored it. I think there's wedges, et cetera. The winners of the online on the WGT, it's like some really cool in-app things like yeah, golf it's like balls and stuff.
1: Prizes, but everyone loves free stuff. Yeah, I uh, do. Everyone loves free games. Everyone loves a free attempt at something, and everybody loves beating me. So yeah. if you want all of that, make sure you get involved in the Nine Shot Challenge by Top Tracer. And again, thanks to Top Tracer for sponsoring the Rick Shields podcast. And I look forward to seeing all these fantastic scores you're going to post. Remember, 265.31 is the current score to beat me. Pathetic. <laughs>
2: Should we start the podcast, Al? Let's start it. Rock, paper, scissors? Yeah.
1: Paper, scissors. boom.
2: I went late and still won. I went early sorry, and still won. I went for the good old... Um rock he went <laughs> to call a potato <laughs> i with the rock you went the scissors i win three two one hit that jingle
1: so while we're in the comfort of a nice warm lounge mm-hmm. at the moment and before we participate out on the golf course let's bring let's bring our best podcast yet now, I know it's going to be a good one okay. because you've planned it really well this mm, week. Like, yeah. You have really gone to town in the planning, which excites me because I feel like it puts some structure to the day. And when we've got structure, we can talk with with real meaning yes, and really deliver what we should be delivering. As the number one podcast in golf, we are going to give you the best podcast well, we that, can give you
2: today. That's the difference between me and you. While this weekend you were, uh, you were uh, walking around getting money for charity, I was planning the podcast. So... I'm thinking today should be good. Um, got a lot of different topics. To, I've got a lot of um, engagement from the audience. So a lot of good emails this week. Good. Some really good emails. But the first thing I wanted to touch on, and I want your opinion on this, because it kind of, as a bit of an equipment nerd, excited me and interested me. Dustin Johnson won at the weekend in Saudi Arabia. He did. He was using the SIM driver, not the SIM Two that's just launched by TaylorMade. how will TaylorMade be feeling about that well it's quite
1: funny wasn't it because first off did you notice he had a sim 2 hat on it was horrendous cap that it's re- yeah it's not a good design is it It no. stands out to be fair but it, it is a definitely what what how what would what you describe
2: the text as is it like a cartoony it, kind it of almost reminded me of like um word art yeah on microsoft word is that what it stuff? is it's
1: almost like it's, it's, it's so kind of basic it's kind of cool almost in a way that I think that's the vibe but i wasn't feeling it but either way, Dustin Johnson dominated again in Saudi. He's won there twice now in three years. And the year that he didn't win, he came second. But he didn't have a brand new Sim 2 in the bag, like I say. And that is, I don't know, because normally, TaylorMade guys are so quick to switch. Well, I think he has had it in the bag.
2: I think he has. So, he's what's in the bag at the moment. I'll just re- quickly go through And this is off TaylorMade. They sent an email out to any kind of media when he won. Ball, 2019, at TP5X, Okay. Okay. Spider Tour IB Limited putter, Milled grind wedges, fifty-two degrees and sixty. He's got the P seven thirty DG Proto irons, uh, three irons pitching wedge. Then this is what gets interesting: five wood Sim Max, twenty-one degree; three wood Sim two, fifteen degree, the titanium version, and then driver, which is a Sim ten point five degree. So normally this wouldn't really be newsworthy that a golfer's worn kind of with last season's driver. But as you said, TaylorMade athletes normally always swap straight away. And the big story, obviously, would always be that TaylorMade Athlete has won. The email I got sent through from TaylorMade, which, again, goes to all kind of the media that are on the mailing list, says Dustin Johnson wins Saudi International armed with Sim 2 furway. It's not quite as exciting, that, is it? That no. little furway at the end just kills it.
1: Wow. that's That is it will be interesting to see because like I say, normally I'd almost think it was contracted that they, they would have to swap see, very, very quickly. Now, whether he's now pulling on his on his power of now being the number one golfer in the world and he's obviously had an unbelievable year 2020 and obviously he, he's progressing that into 2021. I can see him winning one or two majors this year really can. The way he's playing is just exceptional. Um, it will be interesting to see if it is just a, a teething issue why he's maybe not switched to Sim 2 just yet. Whether he's not had a chance to properly, properly die Him in, but like I say, he's number one player in the world. They would make everything possible to make sure he was using Sim 2.
2: I heard that the Sim 2 is a little bit more draw biased and he also plays a fade, yeah. So, with his normal Sim, he's getting that fade shape, whether it be behind the ball, his eye sits a bit more open, or the actual performance, I'm not too sure. But it's not great for Taylor made that, is it? I mean, do they care they've won an event with the number one athlete in the world or? I mean Brooks Kepka won with it.
1: Well that's what's really interesting. So Brooks Kepka is many people know he's an uncontracted athlete in terms of equipment, even though He's going through some big changes at the start of this year. So he's he's sacked off his coach, Claude Hardman the 3rd after many, many years of working together. Coincidentally Dustin Johnson's coach. <laughs> so Claude really in some regards has had an unbelievable weekend because both of his players who he has coached in the past have both won this weekend. Brooks not having a single um, contract deal. He has very much switched from the famous Mizuno irons that he was using for for you know forever when he won his major tournaments. He's now seen you've seen a lot of shrieks in his bag so he's got Shriks irons, I believe he's got a Shrixen head cover on his TaylorMade two driver. Mm. Um, but TaylorMade two, but he has got a TaylorMade sim two driver in the bag. Um, he came back from from not having a chance of winning really. Come Sunday, and the end. I'm just going to turn my emails off. How is this? Weirdly, I just had an email from TaylorMade. Have you? Yeah. Should we see what it says? <laughs> yes. Live on the podcast, uh, TaylorMade takes a major leap on the path to distance with new tp5 and tp5x balls all right which i've actually got to review probably the same as last year so there is a new ball so i wonder whether you'll exclusive news there on the podcast i hope that's not under embargo
2: excite you don't excite me you
1: know what i like about reviewing golf balls i think i saw a question recently someone saying to me you know out of all the equipment that you review what's the most the kind of favourable thing that you like reviewing. And I do like reviewing golf balls mm-hmm. because there's so much that goes into it. Like, say, the feel, the touch, the spin, the flight. The,
2: durability, the I durability
1: like. test that I do, chopping them in half. You know, I love those things. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think for a golf ball, there is some kind of merit, even though I must admit a lot of the top-performing golf balls do pretty much do the same things. Um, where was I going with this? So Brooks kept came from behind. He ended up winning. And uh, I'm envisioning a Shrixon deal coming out of it very soon like a proper contracted deal because they've not really got any big name Shrixon. I, I can't
2: think of anyone they've got. Uh, Graham McDowell. Yeah. What about <laughs> Shane Lowry, actually? Shane Lowry, yeah. Yeah. That's about it's it. It's good stuff, Shrixon, isn't it? It is good. It's yeah. just... But speaking of Justin Johnson, another thing that he's done, not another thing, something he's done that's absolutely infuriated me is that people might have seen him, I'm sure they have, he hit that drive from one of the holes it's was going kind of left didn't shout for and it absolutely clattered uh, a patron or yeah. a, a, Was it a
1: fan or was it like a volunteer? Well, I, I think it was
2: a volunteer because I don't know if they had fans, didn't no. they? It was like um, just a ball spotter or whatever yeah. it might have been and clattered him. It really hit him hard. I don't know. Yeah, I think he was back, okay. Yeah, yeah. But why not shout for? Now I know yeah. there's not like it's different maybe because you might not have seen him possibly, I don't know. You would have probably seen him. But why do they have this sometimes obsession, some of these tourists of not shouting for? It's not cool, it's not big, it's not clever. It sets a horrendous example for youngsters watching the game. Why not shout for? What's it a game by not shouting for?
1: I'd almost take a lot of pride in doing it. Like, if I was a, on TV, te- I'd almost do it so loud and so obvious to, again, yeah. set an example. I think they're sometimes embarrassed about, obviously, hitting wayward golf shots. I mean, that wasn't massively wayward, but obviously there are going to be people down there. Um I, get kicked off the course. I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one because I don't, I don't know again if he could actually see him. But when there's noticeable crowds, certainly when there's like grandstands around and they just fire it into grandstands. I mean, I've I've heard players kind of say that they aim for grandstands sometimes because the drop getting from after the grandstand is much much better than if they would have found the water hazard, let's say on the fifteenth at, at um, the Masters at Augusta. Um, that was quite it was quite deep. Start of this, wasn't
2: it? It is, but it angers me.
1: Jordan Speeth? Yeah. Where well, did he finish in the end? Didn't do great. In the end, he shot I think a two over final round and if he'd have shot two under he would have matched uh, Brooks. So I think so he started wasn't... the day at seventeen under. I think he finished at fifteen under. Let me just double cl- clarify this. But if he shot he shot two over the final day, but if he shot two under, he would have matched Brooks, Brooks score and potentially, you know, might have might have, might have taken victory. Let me just double check that score, I'm sure that's right. Fifteen under Uh, the the, the speed 17 under yeah so i know so he he was two shots behind and he shot a one over so really anything under par he would have won yeah it's nice to see him back. He's good, I like him. I still don't think he's quite there yet, but he's, uh, he's certainly finding his form again a little bit. But the round on Saturday was just ridiculous. I saw loads of highlights and he just couldn't miss anything. But I'd, it was one of those rounds where he couldn't miss anything, but you could also tell it wasn't ever going to carry on. Mm. You know, when he like hold massive puts and got a lot of good bounces and things like that. So not taking the round away from him whatsoever. But then you see other rounds that are like spectacular and you think, actually, that could have even been better. Yeah. You know, you get some of those as well.
2: I feel like I pretended there for long enough and nodding that I will <laughs> to joke care about tour golf and I really don't. What I wanted to say though is um I've become a big fan this last week. I've always been a fan, but really immersed myself into the uh, beans on toast scene. And I've had beans on toast this week, I think six times last week six times out of seven days. What the hell? Yeah. How have you
1: gotten to this topic?
2: Just thinking then I really like beans on toast.
1: I do, I do. It's a it's a quick Lunch that I'm a big
2: fan of. So if you how I make mine, and then you tell me how you make yours, and we can move on. Go Just because it. it's a really good meal, beans on toast. It feels like it's borderline healthy to some degree.
1: I feel like it's a very English dish, like UK
2: dish. Though. They have beans in America though, don't they? They have beans yeah, on toast. I'm, I don't know but beans. Is beans on toast? Yeah. Like that's what it is. It's oh, beans yeah. on toast. But my so at the minute I'm going for three slices of brown bread. Okay. that's excessive or not. I used to be four, but I've cut back to three slices of brown I bread. Four a lot. Yeah, four a lot. <laughs> quite heavily buttered, which again, isn't great. So it's not that healthy, is it? But I used to always be a full can of beans. I'm not anymore. Really? I, yeah, I'm half. Because the benefit of a full can of beans, you get more beans for your dollar. <laughs> <laughs> more beans for your buck. But the benefit of half a can of beans, you get less juice. Because I like to have the toast quite dry. I don't want the toast to be too juicy. Are you with me? I am. And then it's a bit of pepper. Okay. And brown sauce. Interesting. It's a good meal before golf. Really, kind of feels like it gives a bit of energy. We don't feel too heavy after it, etc. Could have cheese on top. This
1: podcast was going to be really good today, and we've gone onto this topic. But I also appreciate it. So I'm a two. Bre- I'm a two bread man. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go three, but I'm two
2: <laughs>
1: most of the time. And I have like um, like a really grainy bread. Like it's a brown, but it's like a seeded loaf. Granary. Something like that. It's really nice. Thick. Thick bread. And I think that's the trick. I go thick bread. I go quite heavily toasted. Okay. Loads of butter. Yeah. Full tin of beans. Oh, with
2: two bread? Full tin of beans.
1: Because I go with thick bread and quite toasted, it doesn't go soggy.
2: Yeah, but you not get.
1: And then I have two options. I either go cheese on top of the beans yeah then brown sauce okay or i'll go toast out the toaster slices of cheese on top of the toast in the microwave melt the cheese oh. on the toast then full tin of beans on top of the
2: toast and cheese yeah brown sauce bish bash bosh <laughs> do you ever got cheese in the beans while the beans are cooking i've done that no. before yeah it's also quite good i feel like it just gets a bit lost there the reason i got onto this topic was because i actually had yeah, there's logic behind it We've been talking the last few weeks about the, the uh, mini-egg bars. It's become like, a bit whoa, of a meme, not like it? Need to bleep this. Well, I know. This is what I'm saying now. It's become a bit of a meme in the podcast uh, culture, if you like. <laughs> and a lot of people that are enjoying the podcast are obviously members of the Facebook group, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group. And we've been inundated with pictures of the bar.
1: It's actually quite ridiculous. It is
2: ridiculous.
1: I mean, this really... Stop it. We should it. <laughs> we have two sponsors for this podcast this week, I think. Exactly. It should be Top Tracer and, and, cr- and mini-egg bar uh, Cadbury's
2: but the problem is when people po- I have to accept all the posts in that group as you know so when people post pictures of the fact they've bought a bar I know listen to the podcast so you, I feel obliged, obliged yeah, that's the I word got out of my mouth, obliged to accept it so from now we're going to draw a line under it there's no more cream egg posts okay not cream egg mini-egg posts mini egg bar posts maybe we'll have a day of, of beans on toast posts then we'll cut that out as well wow but that's how I got on. I was thinking about food before, and then I was thinking about the fact I've been eating a lot of beans on toast as well. Um, I think I've thrown you a bit of that topic, haven't I? You feel a bit... I feel hungry. Yeah. It's getting close to lunchtime, and I'm feeling hungry. Um, Can I ask you a question I, quickly, sorry? Go on. And I want your honest answer.
1: Have you watched a Tiger Woods documentary? It's just yet? exactly what I was going to come on to. I was going to surprise you then. Because you know what? You know what really sickened me last week? Go on. The podcast. It wasn't... It's It's terrible, you know, quality. It wasn't the fact that... You know, we talked a lot of nonsense for 50-odd minutes. It wasn't the fact that we had no planning that went into it at mm-hmm. all. It was the look on your eyes when I told you I hadn't watched the Tiger I'm documentary. look at that camera now
2: and do it. Which camera are we
1: looking at? I can't, uh, no camera's even pointing at me. Oh, your point, you're looking at the camera, yeah, I get I'm looking it. looking at that one. Tiger documentary. Yes. I've watched it in one sitting. Wow. I got fairly smashed as well. Okay. Two beers and a bottle of wine. <laughs> So the last ten minutes I actually had to watch again because I kind of I kinda lost track a little bit about where I was up to. But I watched it the full sitting. Claire watched it with me as well. Oh, and she watched the whole thing as well. She absolutely hated it. Hated. She hates him more than she she didn't believe it or not, and this is sacrilege, I can't you know, he is in my eyes, you know, somewhat god. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he thought of himself as well. And some we're gonna talk about it in a minute. Um She's not the biggest fan, obviously with all the yeah. affairs and everything else. Uh she came out of it absolutely hating him more. Like a lot Understandable. more. Understandable. Um I found it very interesting.
2: What was your favourite aspect of it?
1: I saw stuff that I didn't I, I saw bits that I'd never seen before. Yeah. So like I'd seen pits of footage yeah. that I'd never ever seen before. Him dancing. That's why I loved all that. Like I've never seen him do that, I've never seen him act like that. His girlfriend, his actual girlfriend. You know, it's by the way, a lot of them had golf names.
2: No. What do you like mean? she
1: was called something like... Lindsay Foriron. <laughs> <laughs> she was called something like Diane Parr. Was or
2: she? something like
1: P-A-R-R. And there was another woman in the show that also had a golf name. I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> I found it really interesting. And this is, my, this is my take on it. I believe the documentary shouldn't have been called Tiger. I believe the documentary should have been called Eldrick. Okay. Because I see Tiger as Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Out on the golf course, you know, winning tournaments. Red top. Being Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Being known about the golf. Being like that is Tiger Woods in my eyes. It's almost like it's a character that it's a character. Mm-hmm. He's he's like a superhero. What I felt like in the documentary it showed was Eldrick. Like, who is he? his upbringing obviously his
2: father his mother i mean they were bloody tight on him weren't they i'm not i'm not sure i'm a big fan of his of his dad for a lot of reasons I i
1: don't think he was in the end no What would have been interesting, what would have happened if they had a daughter? Mm -hmm. And what would have happened if they had more than
2: one kid? Well, his dad has got other children. With other relationships? Yes, because that's how Cheyenne Woods is Tiger's niece. So Tiger's got, I think, two half-brothers, I believe. I might be wrong. He's definitely got at least one half-brother because that's who Cheyenne Woods' dad is. Tiger's fairly close with Cheyenne Woods, I think. So I imagine he's close enough with his half-brother. But yeah, if he had another sibling in that household, Mm. would that have changed? And if he had a daughter, Mm.
1: like would would the same... Because he went in with intentions of doing that to his, his child. but mm. like he had intentions that that child is going to be the best golfer of in the ever world. To have lived. Like, that's it. Yeah. And he's going to change lives. And that, and to some regards, I think I think Tiger has under-delivered on Earl's expectations. Why
2: well, like, he's not beating Jack.
1: Just because, like, the way that Earl talks about Tiger in the fact that he is going to be the next Nelson Mandela. Yeah. The next, you know, um, Gandhi. Like, mm he had him up at such a high level and obviously he's had massive influence in the world of golf. I'm not sure though if feel wanted him potentially to even do more yeah, potentially, possibly. you know, I don't know what that would have been. Um, and then after that, I found, like I say, a lot of things that I didn't know about. So I knew obviously about the affairs, but I didn't really know how they all happened. I the one in
2: Australia was the weirdest. Yeah.
1: That Rachel woman who yeah. turned up at the hotel, um, it's like, I, I kind of knew all that, but didn't know the timeline. And it was a nice reminder, yeah. not a nice reminder, but it was a reminder of that time. Because I, in a weird way, I f- I've forgotten about it. Yeah, I have. I, like, I forgot. Do we choose to forget to some degree? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, like, I completely forgot about all the, the, the lies, the deceit. The injuries, even. Yeah, I forgot he was out of the game for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget that time when he posted that swing on on Instagram, oh, it went mad. and and I remember that. Yeah. Like, we shared it loads. I think I shared it two or three times. I just remember going, "This can't be real. Like, he can't be coming back. And if he is coming back, it's just going to be like an exhibition." The fact he's come back and won. The fact he's come back and won another major. Um, I, I, like I say it, it was one of those weird ones where because you knew so much about his golf history. This filled in the blanks, so it's, I don't see it as a as an actual proper proper documentary. It was a fantastic piece of work. Yeah, don't get me wrong. And the way they they filmed it and listening to Steve Williams like that for me, really. that was
2: unbelievable.
1: Like how he was reckon. my best character in the the documentary mm-hmm. because it, I just learned so much more about Tiger. And, and, and I I've,
2: quite liked his first girlfriend as well. Yeah, I didn't think Steve was good.
1: Yeah, something Par or whatever her name was. But like, I just felt like it filled in the blanks between the golf because. and I think that's why it wasn't so much of a golf documentary because that could be a a 10 part documentary
2: yeah Um, alright then question I know you you see it as two people Tiger and Elgic but let's just package yours one he's one person after watching that learning more remembering things you might have forgotten etc hand on heart answer now there's no right or wrong answer obviously do you think any less of him now yeah Mm. as a family man
1: someone who's married i've been married for uh eight years now coming up to eight years got three kids like i can't imagine at all being able to lie to my wife's face mm-hmm. like he did and to go behind the back and to cheat and to have affairs and to you know certainly when the kids were so young
2: well he had both children obviously didn't yeah. he before before like, so out. young
1: um you know you he really, I mean, my wife mentioned it. He almost got this God complex. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I do think of him a little bit less in that regard. But also some side of me, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, and I'm not sure if other pe- people felt like this way. I could understand why he got to that point in his life. I'm not saying it's right at, at yeah. all, not, not even close, because you can still control your own destiny. Like, yeah, your upbringing, obviously, has a massive influx I- impact on who you are as a person, your morals, your beliefs, but you can still snap out of that and, and go against that, you know, and that's something kind of he didn't do. Mm-hmm. He almost saw it as an opportunity to completely follow in his, in his dad's footsteps, I think the one biggest thing, and and he's not the only sports person that's ever happened to this. It's happened to other sports people that have certainly reached excellent level. They didn't have a childhood, did they, really? Like They didn't have, you know, those clips of him dancing and and, in that girlfriend's house and things like that. That would probably have been so, like, three or four times. I
2: wonder then, without giving it away, if it was a bit of a spoiler, if people haven't seen it, so, uh, sorry, maybe just fast forward 30 seconds. If his parents hadn't made him split up with that first girlfriend, I wonder if he maybe would have stayed with her and Fairy Tale been happy ever after. Potentially.
1: Who knows? Potentially.
2: So, you're happy you watched it? I am. Yeah.
1: Because I, I wanted to talk about it. I feel like I've got an opinion on it now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would recommend people to watch it. I just felt a little bit as well like I'd betrayed Tiger <laughs> watching it. Like, because I feel like.
0: burrow.com slash a cast
1: like should you really be watching it because he wasn't he didn't have he didn't have a a voice to retaliate or he didn't have time to i'm not saying that he could retaliate on some of the 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 accusations or the not even accusations proof that what happened but it would have been interesting to hear his take and i think that but then does that go biased too much the other way? Because a bit like the Michael Jordan documentary, I bet if that was done without Michael Jordan,
2: we'd have learned a lot more different things as well, potentially. True. Um, so this podcast is getting filmed today. Yeah. We're not sure what bits are going to be on the YouTube channel, on the second channel yet. So the second channel, if you don't know about it, search on YouTube for the Rick Shields Golf Show, and you'll find it. Subscribe. Have got about 30,000 subscribers mm, or something Yeah, now, we have, roughly. yeah, 30-odd. I think this next bit's going to be a video which might be a clip but i don't know if you're going to want to answer this or not yet okay. so not, rick has got no idea what i'm going to, I'm going to say to him I'm the reason i want to ask you this is because it's going to be a sick title for the podcast and it's going to be a probably a good title for the video if, it, if we do do a video on it okay but we might not choose to do it so this might you're not here all this this might be a waste of my breath on the weekend there was a tweet tweeted okay by somebody that works in the golf industry he'll know in a second And I'm not going to name his name. No reason why I wouldn't name his name, other than just it's, there's no point, really. But he's put, today, YouTubers, there's a lot. And this poll can only support four. So I will list the top four by subscribers that do equipment reviews and have no equipment deal in place, okay? Which of these YouTube channels do you trust the most with regards to golf equipment reviews, okay? Rick Shields, Peter Finch, James Robinson, or TXG? And the results are in. Have you seen the results? Yeah, yeah. So TXG I'm guessing
1: you've not seen my DMs.
2: No. TXG won by getting forty seven point four per cent of the vote. Rick Shields, who sat beside me to my left, got thirty point seven per cent. James Robinson got twelve, and Peter Finch came in last with only nine point nine per cent. Now, I've this to you before, the world of people that live on golf Twitter are very hardcore, very, very nerdy, for want of a better phrase. That's just the case. So they will always kind of be more showing allegiance like a TXG who are very, very kind of analytical and long-form content and, again, very kind of... Not, nerdy's not I don't mean nerdy in a, in a derogatory term, but very kind of... Passionate. Yeah, whereas they'll see you as being super mainstream and a sellout and all these things just because that's just what they will. Anyway, all that said and done, how do you feel with that 30% of the vote? Do you feel annoyed that people trust you only second how do you feel basically trying so to get to.
1: allow me to show you the dm that i sent to that individual okay. who posted it and read his, what i sent to him and then his reply okay and then while you're doing that i'll answer okay um i think it's really interesting i think with reviews online and I've said this many times before, I review product. I don't test products. So for me, a testing process would be much more calculated, it would be much more measured, it would be much more um, scientific, let's say. And there is definitely a market for that, and there's some guys who do an unbelievable job of that. I'd put my golf my golf spy in that category, where they hit uh, thousands and thousands of golf shots, 100%. Now, in the YouTube space, you have to create content that's engaging, that's fun, that's exciting. And for me, it's that's what I do. I try and review a product that's... and uh, Make it fun, make it exciting, but still have an opinion on it and have an opinion on looks or sound mm-hmm. or feel or price or performance or whatever it may be. But I never vouched for it to be a scientific test. It's more as a, a review of mm-hmm. my own personal opinion on that product. Um, so for me, having having that balance is really quite interesting as you mentioned i would say what we do now is is perceived as being more mainstream because we wrap up a really really thorough detailed fun exciting informative review and i'm going to use that word review in 10, 10 to 15 minutes in a really nice well put together video that we're super proud of yeah I don't believe anyone else on that category does. And I don't actually believe anybody in the world does what we do at our level, personally. THG won that vote. And I can see that. I can see Twitter, THG, winning that vote. yeah. Because like you mentioned, it's much more passionate. But they make 40-minute videos testing a product. And they do an unbelievable job. But listen to the words I'm using. They test the products more.
2: But it's also, again, this is what I said to, alluded to at the start, it's worth the viewer sits so our viewers we know by having 1.45 million subscribers they're not all hardcore serious golfers people people listen to this podcast or watching maybe serious golfers but a lot of them aren't so they don't go to golf twitter universe to engage and react whereas a lot of the txg audience will do which is again completely fine um what did you think my dm to him yeah it was fair enough
1: um i I just for the person who made the dm he works for a big big golf brand and For me, he's trying to do market research in a space that's not the best way of doing market research. He's
2: not, is he? He's just trying to get some engagement on his own Twitter account. He's not market research. It's just a very kind of
1: un, in my opinion, very unprofessional way of doing it. The
2: best way of doing market research: is looking at the views. Yeah, but if people watch the channels he trusts, or shouldn't watch it, would they? So there's the market research. He's doing it to get some. He works for TaylorMade, let's just say how it is, and he wants to get some engagement on his Twitter feed. Yeah,
1: I just think I just think it's disappointing because obviously there's only four polls you can pick. And you have to pick someone. So you have to show some level of, you know, favoritism. And then I feel like I was mentioning the message. I just feel like the comments and and, and the replies just get very volatile and and aggressive and start name calling unnecessarily because, again, those four channels that they've mentioned there and all the channels that also test or review products are so different. And that's what I think is so great about YouTube and social media, that there is diversity and difference, Um, you know, but it's one of those. Like, I wasn't happy with it, if I'm honest. He's done polls like that again in the past, which I've not been particularly pleased about. And even ones that I've won. Like I'm not annoyed that I didn't win that poll. There's been other ones where I've won it, and I've, but I've still not agreed with
2: the poll. Because yeah. I don't believe it's it's right. Well, I don't trust a word that comes out of your mouth. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a bit of a dear Rick? Yes. This is a good one, this. Uh, again, this might be a little video clip we might use, but it's a really... Um, Something that you'll have possibly some experience with in a good way and a bad way, potentially. Uh, I'm not going to name the person's name, which should become evident why. Love the show, and thanks, Rick, for bringing me back to the game. Um, I have quite an issue I don't know how to deal with. After taking a long time off from golf for about 10 years, I decided to join um, a local course and take it more seriously. I enlisted the service of a local instructor instructor I found online. So far, we've done about 15 lessons and he was re- he's really made my game so much better, even to the point where my uh, wife now goes for lessons every two weeks. So even though you find him online, I think he's going obviously face-to-face to, to have lessons with him. The issue is, I feel I have pretty much maxed out learning from him. I don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth anymore and I want to continue with somebody else. Maybe a pro that's got a simulator, etc., to show me more analytics. The instructor... I can't, well, I can't say the instructor and I have become good friends... And I don't know many people um, around the area, so we play together monthly as well. So he's become a bit of a friend as well as a coach. How do I professionally and personally let him know that I want to start seeing a new golf coach? He will still be teaching my wife, and I'm always willing to play a team with him, but I want to take it more serious. I don't think he's up for the task. Um, with love and respect, I'd like to hear your opinion on this.
1: It is an interesting one because, yeah, I have had situations like this. You know, I, I would say... Let me let me just break this down into two ways of responding. So, golfer, mm-hmm. we will call him. Can we call him like Frank? Yeah. Okay. So Frank, who is he's him actually his Frank? No, he's not. Yeah, no I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank, who goes to this golf coach, and obviously seen great improvement after 15 lessons, he feels like he's maxed out. I think it's a couple of things. I think first off, don't maybe you've got to ex- you've got to. Um, manage your expectation levels because you do see fast improvement early with lessons. So the first three or four lessons or maybe five lessons, that's where you're probably going to see the vast majority of your improvement because that's where the biggest changes are made. Then over that next period of time, if again, if you've been for 15 golf lessons now, it's probably more the quantity of lessons that you've taken as opposed to the quality of lessons that you've taken. So I'm sure the quality has been really good. Um, So for me, it's, it's maybe you don't maybe have to go and search a different golf coach unless you're actually looking at a certain topics. So let's say, let's say for example, Frank goes to this coach who's called Tommy and Tommy says, you know, I'm actually, um, Frank says, I need to work on my putting, but, and he says, well, actually I've booked him with a putting coach, like work it with Tommy yeah. to go and see a putting coach or some, a specialist in that area. Um, if you weren't getting on with them, then potentially, yeah, just break it away and, and, you know go go off someone else i i've had that experience in the past where i've had students move to other golf coaches and i've had coaches i've had other students move to me from other golf coaches and sometimes just a fresh pair of eyes makes a massive difference the way it's explained or the way it's demonstrated or whatever it may be um i think where it's probably got messy in this situation is become friends yeah and i must admit that's probably the mistake that's been made as opposed to it being the wrong coach because i think as soon as you become friendly with a student too friendly it it, it loses that that purpose
2: do you think there's also an element, and I'm probably going to say this word wrong now, it's on my mind, but that um, the law of diminishing returns, mm-hmm. where it's like, obviously once it gets to a certain point, other things have to change. So maybe he's gone to this coach for 15 lessons, and let's just say, naturally, he's improved his grip, his swing, his, his strike, etc. He's getting a bit better at golf. But he's at the point now where unless he starts working on his fitness, or playing a hell of a lot more, or hitting a loads more balls, he's just not going to improve. And it's almost the coach is irrelevant, Yeah, potentially. potentially.
1: And, and the other thing as well is how much is Frank coming back to Tommy with information? Like, is is he playing three times a week and coming back to Tommy and going, right, this is what I want to work on X, Y, and Z. This is where I feel like my weaknesses are. Or is he just playing once a week, having a lesson once a week, or whatever it may be, and not actually coming back with any, any evidence of things to improve? But I think, like I said, that's the one balance, and I've always tried to be really, really strict with it, is the, the friend-slash-professional relationship when you're working with a student needs to be coach and student Mm. in my opinion i think as soon as you cross that boundary between friends it gets really really tricky because again let's say you know and i don't really coach any of my friends let's say even though you know they've asked me for advice in the past is because you end up chatting yeah you don't end up working like you end up talking about girlfriends or going out or whatever it may be instead of actually what we're going to work on right now you're my student i'm your coach we're going to work on this um i think it takes a very interesting mix of characters if you can still be friendly and have that really strict working relationship as well sounds good (laughs) so tommy and frank (laughs) (laughs) um uh, frank wants to try something else go for it Uh, i would maybe just explain
2: it to tommy we've become too friendly and you do me, Dan. and I'm sick of your rubbish joke. You rubbish at golf. You put me off. I don't want to play with you anymore. Yeah. Um, so this week, I said i have been a big fan of Beans on Toast. Okay. I'm enjoying that. Okay. Um, can I can tell you something that's really grinded my gears I don't like. I don't want to tell you anyway. Um, so yesterday was the Super Bowl, Okay, which I have... No interest in, which is absolutely fine. Obviously, a lot of Americans listening will have massive interest in. Again, absolutely fine. Of course, it's the I think, I think it's the national sport of America, isn't it? American football. I think I think it is. Well, they've got so many sports. Well, it's... yeah, but I think it is American football because they've got. Well, it's yeah. called American. Well, yeah, football it must be. Yeah. <laughs> what annoys me, angers me, I that I despise is when people from England who have absolutely no interest in American football all of a sudden, when it's Super Bowl, pretend they suddenly like it and yeah. start going go Hawks or. Ghost sparrows whatever they're called <laughs> tom brady this tom brady goat the other they've got absolutely no clue about american football i don't care but you think it looks good on twitter yeah i'm glad you got that off your chest yeah, i feel was, like you needed that i saw a lot of people in the golf world posting it on twitter this weekend and they've got absolutely no interest in american football it, it annoys me
1: it is an interesting one because obviously it comes out it comes around once a year and i don't know anything about american football like, I've never really watched a game. I've tried to watch the Super Bowl in the past just because I wanted to when I was younger. Probably watched about 15, 20 minutes, got bored. Yeah. It was dead long. I like the halftime shows. It's not, yeah. I always like, watch the halftime
2: shows. They're really good. It's not a dig on American football, though, because obviously a lot of our listeners will love yeah. it. It's when people pretend they do to jump on the bandwagon.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know enough teams. I know Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, I know the Patriots, but he doesn't play for the Patriots anymore, does he know. even?
2: Like, I, have, I have no idea. No,
1: because... I think he's won seven Super Bowls now, which is an unbelievable achievement. And like they are...
2: Can you on the bandwagon? <laughs>
1: Saying he's the GOAT. And he it like, in in sport, you look at his performance, I he's 43 years old. And he's won that many, you know, Super Bowls. and He's still winning them now. But not on his own.
2: Yeah. You lost it, <laughs> I just... that's not that I've lost. I don't... I'm nothing against American football. It's the people that pretend they like it because yeah. it's the Super Bowl's no, on. I, I get that. And they well. have to make sure they tweet and Facebook it and Instagram yeah. it throughout the night to make sure everybody must know that I've watched Super Bowl because I've watched it, you know, so make sure you know I've watched it. That's what annoys got, me. If
1: they get quizzed on it, then
2: would they have any, the any response at all? Um, no, they wouldn't. But I just wanted to get off my chest. It was really... More of the, we can do more of this on the walk after. Okay. A lot more of this kind of... It was like a therapy session for me because oh, I've got wow. a lot of things that have grinded my gears. Um, <laughs> I had a good email as well. Is a funny one. It's like a nightmare golf show, but it's not really a nightmare golf So It was quite short and quite sharp, but it just was quite good. Okay. So it was really simple. I just said, it was about eight or nine years ago. I had the worst round of golf ever in my life. It was just one bad shot after another bad shot, and it took me about six hours to play, 18 holes, and I finished the round with 135. Okay? Oh, that's a lot of shots. I told myself, that if the next round was just as bad, I'm going to sell my clubs and just quit. Okay,
1: I, I kind of get that. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty the bad round.
2: very next round, I went out and shot 88, which was the best round ever up until that point. Um, I say all this to just say, don't give up, keep on trying. It was only short and sweet. I just thought, that is quite interesting. That he's going out and on shot 135, which, like, is, that no, it's bad. Fi- you
1: wouldn't finish a round. If yeah, it's, it's bad obviously a bad
2: score. Obviously, everybody starts somewhere, but he sounds like the whole putting story is he plays golf a lot. And yeah, it was yeah. an absolutely horrendous round. And then went out the next, very, very next day and shot 88, which, if my math is correct, is 47 shots better. Nice. He, he needs to go and see Tommy. He Tommy will sort him out. Tommy will take your money.
1: But yeah, I mean, that is what's so fascinating about golf. Like, There's so many times where you can have a fantastic round and then follow it with a, a horrendous round or the other way around. Yeah, I think expectations... I think the word round a lot of times then. <laughs> I think the expectations plays a, a big factor in it because if you're going out expecting a great round and have a shocker, it just compounds errors and you just think it's the worst thing in the world. And then if you go round the next day with not a single level of expectation
2: and you can absolutely kill it. Yeah. How far in are we? 45. Okay, I've got a couple of questions off Facebook then, and I'm sure i going to do the walk. Yeah. So I might talk about the walk as well. Yeah, okay, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, that's good, I like that. Um, Mark's asked, is there going to be a YouTube golf day again once this ridiculous COVID is out the way? And if so, will we be able to buy tickets to come and watch? Maybe proceeds could go towards mind. dot, dot, dot. Nice. Um, I liked doing the YouTube golf day. It was a lot of work.
1: Mm-hmm. And... I felt like it really brought the community of golf and YouTube together to some parts. Um I would never I would never say never. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if it's gonna happen, I would be one that'd
2: wanna host it again. <laughs> um
1: and maybe I do one in the in the
2: United States. Oh, okay. Potentially. So all the UK people will be thinking, Oh, I can't go. Maybe we could do two. Maybe we could do two. I think we've had this discussion before about it. Like it's a lot of hard work, but I think, like, because obviously to back to mine then and what you're doing with this Walk 18, there's definitely some element of of raising money and golf, YouTube, and the community coming together to possibly do something.
1: Well, the good thing now is, certainly YouTube Golf there, we've got a blueprint now. Yeah. Like, the first year was so hard because we had no idea and it changed so many different times throughout the, the planning process where now at least we've got some level of a, well, that's what we did last time. What could we improve on X, yeah. Y, and Z? Um, I would like to do it again, though, but like I say, I'm not... I'm not staying for definite let's see say subscribe let's to the channel see.
2: Follow on all social media and you'll know yeah it's simple in it um so marcus this is a good question actually i want to see how you answer this one if the bridgestone taught bxs video sorry in the bridgestone taught bxs video rick states that it could be the very best ball he's ever used well why didn't he use it then that's a good question
1: there's no massive reason because it's it's so i could they've if i played if i probably played more golf which we've got something very exciting coming up this year we have with about playing golf if i'm playing much more golf and starting to really factor in my score much much more than i would do in the you know at the moment what i'm doing potentially i might look at every element in my golf but every single thing that i do how i can improve performance um It's not a bad ball at all. Obviously, I said it's one of the best balls I've ever tested. The other thing I've always been very wary of is when I'm testing and reviewing golf clubs is to have a ball that everybody knows and everybody has, has used at some point. So for me, I always particularly test with Pro V1 because it's the flagship golf ball. It's the one that everybody knows about. And I wouldn't want to change that just because my own personal preference. Like I feel like people then not know what the Bridgestone ball would perform like. And then, let's say, I'm testing a driver next year, and then then I have to go, well, I tested this driver in 2022 with the Bridgestone golf ball, but the one that I tested in 2021 was the Pro V1, and it just gets a little bit no messy. No else
2: be a factor, and this isn't something that matters to you at the minute, but I probably almost subconsciously, is the fact that with a ball like a Bridgestone, it's almost that risk as a golfer. If you, go to, if you go to a pro shop to go before you tee off and you're out of balls, they don't have them in or something. I know it's not a massive yeah. deal, but with Pro V1, you know, everywhere you go, you're getting them.
1: And I've got a lot of Pro V1s. You've got a lot of Pro V1s.
2: There's a lot already scattered around the Marriott Worth Park is. as well. You can We're always like find some today, actually. Um, and then the last question I've got for you is from Daniel Long. And he said, um, how many videos do you have banked any one time? I assume you always have some in the back pocket in case something else comes up.
1: It's a good question. Um, it, it can vary, can't it? Like, mm. sometimes we, if we know we're in a sit, like, I thought we did unbelievably well the first lockdown. So we kind of rumoured it was coming about 10 days out, and we absolutely. Banked as much as we could. Like, we literally filmed every single day. Luckily, the weather was good. We had loads of great ideas, bar maybe one <laughs> that we filmed. But, every, like, all the videos, we absolutely smashed because we had to do it. We had to get content ready because at the time I didn't have my home simulator. I didn't know when we were going to be able to film again. So, at that point, yeah, we banked loads. Typically, we'll bank a lot of Facebook videos in one sitting, so I might do six or ten videos in one sitting for Facebook. Um, and then YouTube, it's, it's we're probably about a week to two weeks ahead max. Um, certainly, this time of year right now, it's very weather-dependent. It's ideas-dependent, product or whatever it may be. Um, I don't also like to get too far ahead, and that sounds weird because what I like doing is, let's say and i'm sure you're the same let's say we film a video today yeah and we know it's going to go out friday like i'm so excited about that video yeah when it's going to go out and i feel like that excitement really really comes out in the social media posts or the or the the lives before i've released the video whatever it may be Or if i filmed that video three months ago i've forgotten what mm. that passion felt like what what, what am i what i'm excited about in this video um so yeah we don't bank too far ahead i'd love to bank a little bit further ahead but it's uh kind of quite like living by the the fly of our tail that's say? <laughs>
2: is that saying (laughs) Um, i've I've no idea that to say it doesn't sound like one
1: i've got i've got two quick things to follow up on i've saw a few comments asking me about the swing speed stick training so so far i've done three weeks of swing speed stick training yeah and um weights and home workouts three miles an hour (laughs) i've done currently i've done nine swing speed speed workouts yeah so three a week which is what is advised um my plan was to originally stick to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I've not really been doing that, but I've been getting them in for in a week. So I've typically been leaving a day's gap and then doing another swing mm. speed training session. Um, Weirdly, I've not seen anything faster on the, on the radar than 132, which was the first time we ever did it at home in that first video. So, I've never seen me swing faster than one, three, two. And when I'm now moving on to hitting drivers, which I've probably not done enough, I've not stood there and hit like 20 drivers literally as hard as I could as i can to try and raise the swing speed up i've been doing a lot of the swing speed stick training but not enough driver hitting training because mm-hmm. at the moment it doesn't seem to be carrying over so i can swing faster i've seen evidence of swinging like 150 miles per hour at the moment at max but that's nowhere near average yet so time will tell we've got three more weeks to go i'm expecting big things i was i was expecting big things I feel like my expectations have dipped slightly. Medium things, yeah. Like mm. it might just be like a two miles per hour increase, even though on the box it says five. Not selling
2: second video here to me much. It, it could change. Though. <laughs> it could change. We're
1: halfway through. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, and then walk eighteen. Yes. So so far I've done seven walks so far, um, Monday to obviously Sunday. Uh, we're going to do our eighth one today. Um, the support has been mind blowing. Like un. Believable. i want to personally thank everybody that has watched the video shared the video made comments and certainly donated so in one week the grand total right now is pounds we pounds raised for charity Ridiculous. for mind charity which is a mental health uh, charity that offers support um, advice helplines if you are struggling if you need someone to talk to um, if things are getting you down which obviously for many people at the moment it really is mm. you know not just obviously we're talking about golf and not being able to play golf and not be able to socialize and talk and get fresh air but also you can talk about relationships you can talk about Financial issues you can talk about all sorts of things you know at the moment, suicide rate's up, which is a shocking stats, mental health rates are going up, mental health issues are going up as well a lot, so if we can raise loads of money, mind have emailed me as well and said we 're doing a great thing, so that 's really good to get them on board as well. They said the money 's going to go a long way. Our original plan was to raise eighteen thousand. Mm-hmm. I thought we would struggle to do that in the month yeah we 've now done twenty six we 've already surpassed that eighteen thousand. I'd love to get keep hitting the next milestone. If by this time next week we're on 30,000, it'd be amazing. By the, by the end of February, if we are knocking on the door of 50,000, it would
2: absolutely be astonishing. You, know, you should almost have, these are big goals, but eight teams the first, 36 would be ridiculous, and 54. So it's always yeah. in like, eight like teams. um but
1: We but, literally, what's mad, we sat here almost this time last week, mm-hmm. filmed the podcast with zero pennies in the in the just giving page because we hadn't actually released the video so like to think in seven days um the support out on the streets has been amazing i was walking the street i was did my fancy dress on friday which i'll do another one this friday um i had a guy literally stop his car get out and say amazing what you're doing and literally give me 20 quid for donations as charity so it's like and i've had loads of people driving past beeping the horns and and you know what's been really the, the thing I've enjoyed the most is actually speaking to people who don't know what I'm doing. So dog walkers, for yeah. example. Because it is weird when you're walking the streets with a set golf club, club on your back. I'm looking like,
2: for, well, we're around here, are yeah. we, afterwards? So it's not too bad. So like,
1: people literally look at you like, what the... What are you doing? Like, And, and some people are nosier than others. Like, Some people literally go, why have you got your clubs? Or they'll try and crack a joke or whatever. And it's fine because it, it's interaction. And I'll do my best to talk to them for a little minute or two because I'll explain to them why I'm doing it. I'm walking four miles a day, roughly 7,000 yards because at the moment golf courses are closed. And you know, with golf courses being closed, a lot of people are struggling with um you know health issues communication issues and everything else and but before you know it i'm chatting to them and they're talking about how great golf is Mm. like in literally in a two-minute conversation um so even though it does look a bit weird it does strike up conversations with people i really appreciate people who've actually been going out on social media and doing their walk 18 as well which is amazing either with golf clubs or not with golf clubs either way it's just it's all good awareness all good um kind of energy and 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 uh, passion behind the cause really um so yeah so hopefully and i you know i've been doing I've been averaging at the moment nearly twelve thousand steps a day that's good so hopefully it's going to help me get a bit fitter as well
2: yeah I don't know what to say after that it's, a, it's very uh very well said
1: so we're going to go and do our one today
2: yeah looking forward to it wrap up warm it
1: stops snowing
2: i'm gonna do a what's in the bag while we're, while we're walking around I so like if you want to hear what clubs i've got in the bag from putter to driver feel free to jump on to the next podcast on thursday also the good news two podcasts in a week might bump up the charts a bit more as well can we we go any higher well in sports the uk we can all right that'd be always be nice Um, what what
1: temperature in fahrenheit is two degrees it's only double it now it's
2: about 34 i think
1: so for us audience that's kind of what we're going out in at the moment 34 degrees roughly um right ready Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for supporting it. Go and check out Top Tracer. Get your nine shots done. Post your scores in the Facebook group or social media. See if you can beat 26531. And uh, we'll see what Guy shoots later on today.
2: Yeah, tag us um, at the Rick Shields Golf Show on Instagram. Put in your story. We'll share some, etc.
1: And we shall see you soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we shall see you next week. Oh, no. See you Thursday. See you Thursday. <laughs>